You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, Hokie Nation, and welcome to the Tech Sideline Podcast. This is episode 126. We are coming to you live from the high-tech Tech Sideline studios located here at the one and only Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. We have a packed show for you today, including two new transfer commits from basketball and football. Dalton Keene is headed to New England to become a Patriot, and much more coming your way. This is all brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. Law firm. And without further ado, let's get right into the news. Welcome back to the Tech Sideline Podcast. This is episode 126. And whether you are here listening in on Facebook Live or watching on YouTube or just listening on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, we are so glad you could join us today. We have a big podcast today. This is live on Monday, April 27th. And uh, we have a lot to talk about, including a look back on some previous games that were broadcast yesterday on the ACC Network, uh, a couple transfer commits on both sports, basketball and football. Uh, but first, let's meet the crew for today's podcast. I am obviously not Evan Hughes. <laughs> I will be hosting today's podcast, however. I am Nick Brown. We have the general manager and head honcho, Chris uh, Will, oh, Stewart. Will Stewart. Wow. <laughs> and the managing editor, Chris Coleman. And obviously the man behind the camera is Malcolm Stewart, who is now taking your questions live. At the end, we will answer that at the end of the episode. And now, Mr. Stewart, I heard you have a nice promo for us. Yes, I will probably talk way too long. So uh, some house cleaning here. We welcome Nick to the show. Nick is actually still technically a Radford High School senior, right? I guess. Yeah. Until yeah. I graduate. So we, so we welcome Nick Brown in. Uh, I've known Nick for years. Um, same age as my daughter, Annalise. His dad has taught two of my kids at Radford High. Um so you are accepted into Virginia Tech for next year, right? Mm-hmm. And that's you're going to be in Bill Roth's sports media and analytics program, right? Yep. Right. That's right. So that's why we've got Nick here. We were planning on breaking Nick in anyway, you know, and with uh, all the stuff going on, we figured we'd go ahead and put him to work early since uh, Evan can't be here. So it's really cool because we needed a local guy. Last summer when Nick went off to when Minnesota, Evan, is he? Evan, it, when Evan went off to Minnesota. Sorry, Evan. That's Nick. See, it's so hard to get names right, you know. <laughs> Everybody's getting um, names wrong. When, when Evan went to Minnesota, we, we what did we do during the summer? Did we two podcasts? I don't, I don't remember. Know. I don't think we did. Uh, if, if we did, I'm sure they weren't very good because yeah. I probably had to host them. So I was like, great. When Nick got accepted into Bill Ross' program, I was like, awesome. We got somebody local who, you know, until you get further down the line and you start getting jobs and stuff like that, well, we'll have you around to do some podcasts during the summer. So that's why we're, that's why we're breaking Nick in and we welcome Nick to the show. And uh, for our sponsor promo, I wanted to get that in early. Um, Jonathan Fisher is doing something a little different. We talked about this on the last podcast. Um, Jonathan is offering a, a state estate planning services at the Fisher Law Firm, 
And if you utilize him now for your estate planning services, you will get a free subscription to Tech Sideline. So if you've got an existing subscription, we'll extend it for you, or you can donate it to somebody else. If you don't have a subscription, you'll, you'll get one for the first time ever, and you'll be like, why haven't I done this all along? Look what I've been missing out on. Um, so to take advantage of that, uh, let me get Jonathan's info out here. Um, Evan knows it by heart. I do not. You can hit Jonathan up at info at fisherlegal.com, or you can call 1-800-680-7031. And on a personal note, uh, my dad passed away. It's been about a year ago. It was April 13th of last year. And my dad uh, was very good about getting his stuff taken care of. He had excellent paperwork because he was, you know, he was getting on in his years and he knew his health was starting to fail. So he had his estate planning done. And I can tell you it's a huge load off of um, the family's mind. There's four siblings in my family. Uh, my mom passed away years ago. So it, it was just dad. And it's really nice having the paperwork in place and, and there being no doubt about how things proceed. Um, I would do it. And now, I don't know how Jonathan feels. You can talk to Jonathan about your particular estate. But after, after going through this process with my dad and seeing other families go through it, um, my will is going to be very simple. You ready for this, Malcolm? It's going to be about a page long. And it's going to say, if my wife is still alive, everything goes to my wife. If my wife has predeceased me, everything goes to my kids split up in thirds because there are three of them. Now, my dad did that thing of he listed in his will particular items that meant particular things to family members. So he, he parsed some of it out specifically. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to say, you guys figure it out. Here's the process. You know, you, you can draft for my stuff, okay? You know? <laughs> so you guys can roll dice and, and then, you know, you get picks from then on. And who knows what I'll own at that point in time. And I'm sure Malcolm will want the truck if I own a truck at that point in time. <laughs> so anyway, I hit Jonathan up and uh, um, I have not done my estate planning. And I, and I seriously am going gonna, am gonna to do it with him. And um, so I recommend that you take advantage of that. And one last note, we're not very high tech today because our, our giant television that sits here and looms over the screen and, and threatens to fall over someday, we haven't been able to get the thing to turn on today. So uh, that, <laughs> that's why if you're watching on video, that's why this screen in the back is just this big black looming thing. That's why so, we call it the high tech studios. Yes. It's right. We can't even get on. a TV to turn mm-hmm. on. So, you know, this is this is great stuff here. So uh, we'll try to get that taken care of. So all of that said, Nick, I will throw it back to you and uh again my advice to you is it's just dudes sitting around talking so let's have fun and let's go all right uh i guess is everyone keeping their sanity through this quarantine time i guess no sports besides the last dance every two oh it's totally it's totally easy for me i grew up out on a farm as an only child so far away from civilization that they didn't (laughs) offer high speed internet (laughs) or cable so I, gr- I grew up socially isolating. Okay. So did you not have like for television, you had like three channels and that was it? We, uh, well, before we got a satellite dish, one of those big, huge, satellite you got one big, dishes. huge, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that you had to use the remote control to have it move and point at different satellites and right, everything like right. that. Yeah. You could hear it out in the yard going. Bzzz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and in most, most of the, the we probably, there were probably like, 15 different satellites that we go to, but most of the main channels were on like three 
three of different ones. Yeah. Right, right. So, so for me, um, G five I think was the one with G5 most, most, of, most of the satellite. G five was the one with most of the uh, main channel. And Chris has continued <laughs> to work out at any time with uh, Mitch uh, Ludwig, right? Yeah. yeah, Mitchell used to be the used to be the punter for Tech. Now, now to clarify, I do not go inside the gym. Exactly, <laughs> it's closed. Right. So these are outdoor workouts. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> so, they can do it in the parking lot and all that. So for me, uh, um, there's four siblings in my family, and um, my sister and one of my brothers. So we, so we get together via text at the beginning of the year, and we're like, okay, we we're all fat, and we need to lose weight. Right. I, I was up to 186, which is like the fattest I've ever been. And so we agreed to, you know, check in with each other and start losing weight and stuff. And and I'm I'm down to 173. I'm pretty sure the last two or three pounds that have come off have been muscle and not fat because mm. I haven't been able to go to the gym. So um, I tried to buy dumbbells. No, they're all. You yeah. cannot find you. There's mm-hmm. two things I know you cannot find. You cannot find uh, webcams. Can't get them because everybody's <laughs> buying them. You know, to mm-hmm. to Zoom and stuff like that. And you can't find dumbbells. Mm. Uh, I went to Dick's, Walmart. I even looked online at Target, and they're like, no, Pearl sold out of dumbbells. There, there's where they're building that new hotel over behind Kroger and all that. I got There's this construction site, of course. Right. There's all these old cinder blocks sitting up there. So I was doing squats with cinder blocks and, like, front squats with yeah. cinder blocks in my hands. Uh, you can do uh, you can do pull-ups from tree branches. So there's plenty of stuff Make you can shift. do. Lots and lots of push-ups and things like that. Oh, I sat and thought about it. And if I just had two 25-pound dumbbells, I could do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Legs and shoulders and chest and all that stuff. So um, anyway, that's how it's affecting mm-hmm. me. Yeah. There you go. And then uh, anything new from Tech Sideline coming this week, even without sports? Well, I will reassume my 1995 series. I skipped it this <laughs> past week because I didn't want to watch the Navy game because it was such a – 14 nothing, and Virginia Tech didn't score the second touchdown until a minute 55 seconds left in the game. That's, there were fewer than 500 yards of combined offense. That's like Wake Forest numbers right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the thing is, when you if you go went back if you go back and watch the Wake Forest game, like at least there's some stuff going it's on. It's exciting at ah. the end with missed field goals. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the thing is, watching the Wake Forest game live would not be as boring as going back and watching the Navy game because I know what happens in the Navy game. Mm-hmm. It'd just be two and a half to three hours of me watching it just to say I watched it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you watch the Wake Forest game, it was live. You didn't know what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Watching that Navy game is you know what's hap- what, what's about to happen. Like I've already looked at the box score. Yeah. I know when Tech scores or or when they don't score, which is on pretty much Most every drive. Yeah. I know the defensive stats. So – I'm not looking forward to it, but I guess I'll get that done tomorrow. So I actually went to that game with a bunch of my buddies, and and I remember, you know, that was a long time ago, and 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 I don't remember a lot of things very well. I remember Navy's defensive line was some quick, small guys, and they gave Tech fits. Well, Tech couldn't throw the ball. Is yeah. another thing. The, the thing I'm the thing I'm seeing is Drucker Miller was so bad early in the season, with the exception of the BC game. The teams are just stacking the box, and they, they and. Tech can't throw the fo- football at that point in 1995. I'm guessing the offense, you know, the offense was better in the second half of the season. I'm guessing it got better as Druckenmiller improved. You know, I'm I'm not really sure. I think he really hit his stride in 1996. So that so this brings up this discussion of 
how how people remember players. And and when I think of Druckenmiller, I remember winning a lot of football games when he was the quarterback. Uh-huh. And I remember one of the best performances I've ever seen by a quarterback was him in the 96 Orange Bowl. Sure. That was a huge game against a Nebraska team that really should have been playing for the national championship. Mm-hmm. And Druckenmiller wasn't nervous at all. Oh, he, he, he played great. I mean, Tech could have scored 40 or 50 points if the receivers could catch. Would they have 10 yeah. drops that, uh, that they had They had a lot of they drops. Lot of so I remember drops. They, they, they were dropping touchdowns early. And um, so one of the things that's inter- interesting about your 1995 series is you realize the offense was was pretty darn it, bad. It was bad the first half of 1995. I mean, there's no way around it. Drucker Miller, he would make some throws. You're like, wow, that guy's really talented. But on the whole, he was just not a good quarterback. He was rough. Yeah, I mean, th- I think his stats for this Navy game were like 10 of 18 for 98 yards and two picks. Yeah, Just not good. And he was bad for – about 80% of the pit game. Uh, even later in the season, uh, you know, I'll get to this in a later article, of course, but he threw three picks in the UVA game. That, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, well, that's part of the reason they were down 29-28. Right. It's 29 29-14. 28-14. 28-14, yeah. So, and, and one, something that we'll talk about later is uh, the they replayed the 2014 Ohio State game mm-hmm. on the ACC network uh, yesterday, and Nick and I were watching it and texting about it. And I was watching people talk about Michael Brewer on the message reports. And don't get me all wrong, we all love Michael Brewer. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, man, he was tough gamer. What a great quarterback. And I'm sitting there thinking, you remember that's the same guy that threw that interception against Georgia Tech that basically lost the game, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, so it's funny how you forget that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't you know, Mike, Michael's a great hokey. And and I did enjoy watching him play quarterback, but there is that there's a phrase for that that I can't think of. But uh, you know the, how you look back at guys that, that you love and you forget the bad parts. Well, every, everybody always thinks when they think 1995, and I think they're actually remembering 1996. People talk about 1995 as having some great offensive line and a great running game and things like that. And like I said, a lot of this was Druckenmiller, but on the whole, no, the 95 offensive line was nowhere near as as good as the 96 offensive yeah. line. In fact, through the first five, six games of the season, they only averaged over four yards per carry once. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't know why people – And that was with 50 carries for 300 yards That, that was Miami. Miami. Yeah. Was, they dominated Miami but got shut down by Navy. By and, Navy. And, 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 but, but the thing is, that's how Miami played, man. They would – athlete on athlete. Yeah. They were going to trust their athletes to beat your athletes. Those other teams, they were just stacking the box. Yeah, saying, okay. beat me, Druckenmiller, right. and he could not do it. Right. Well. All right. So now that we're actually going to move into some more recent news, obviously uh, we're not anywhere close to what LSU did in the draft with 14 <laughs> picks. That's absolutely insane. From one but team. Rambo, Dalton Keene, is headed up north to uh, be coached by one of the arguably greatest coaches of all time, Bill Belichick. Um, obviously, Patriots don't have Tom Brady anymore. Their quarterback discussion's still up for grabs. But uh, how can Belichick use Keen to the max? And what do you expect for his career? And do you think it'll last? Yeah, or? I mean, it'll last at least a few years because, you know, those, those third-round picks, I mean, those that's good money. You cut a guy drafted in the third round, you cost yourself a lot of money. Was it four years, $4 million? Is that well, what I saw? Uh, it's uh, four years. I mean, NFL rookie contracts. Uh, it's not like it used to be in the day when rookies would hire an agent and each contract Everything was got negotiated. negotiated. Like, where you're picked they're, is, they're, is what you get that's paid. What, yeah, exactly. It's already set. Um, so, I mean, you really don't – I don't even know if you have to hire an agent these days. 
unless you just wanted unless you for did money. it for endorsements and things like that. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just they're just taking money out of your salary and that they don't really have any control over anyway. So, uh, but but at any rate, yeah, I mean. I think he's going to have some competition. Didn't they draft another? They drafted they two tight, tight ends, ends right before him. You're right, two tight ends in the third round. <laughs> who who did they draft right before him? Uh, I forget, I, but it was uh, it was a bigger tight end. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah. but, so, but they but they do they run a so, two? Well, so who knows what they're going to run now? But don't they yeah. run a two tight end system basically? Uh, two well, defined tight end. Yeah. H back, whatever. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> well, that, and that's a great thing about Dalton Keene is he can do a lot of different Super. stuff. Yeah, I, I would expect him to. If they drafted a big blocker before him, then I would expect those guys to have two different roles. So the one thing I want to say about Dalton Keene getting drafted is uh, I've, I've kept my mouth shut about the fact that he declared early mm-hmm. and, and left Tech a year early. I'm so glad he got drafted, and I'm so glad he got drafted fairly high because it saves me personally the the difficulty of having to be upset with him. Mm-hmm. Because if you had taken – I was thinking about this last night, and here's what I came up with. Dalton Keene deciding to, leave, deciding to leave early hit me as hard as if Sam Rogers had decided oh. to leave early. Now, Dalton's <laughs> almost beloved as Sam. Nobody's as beloved as Sam. But I just I felt that, you know, with all, all the transfers and all the stuff that's going on, is that Dalton was one guy who was really committed to the program mm-hmm. and really was a guy who, especially as a senior this, this next coming year, would have been one of the faces of the program. So I was um, – I was uh, – I don't, I don't want to get dramatic about it, but I, I was disappointed and a little hurt when the guy declared early. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that he got drafted high and his decision in retrospect makes sense. Yeah. So it, it's all been resolved. And this is all just me. I'm, I'm not talking for, you know, Hokie Nation or anything like that. Um, it, it it saves me the like it saves me from having to think about him the way I think about Gerard Evans. Oh, yeah. It's like, come on, dude, man. You should have come back another year. That that just wasn't smart. Mm-hmm. Great. Thankfully, we don't have to think that way about Dalton Key. But there's going to be some other guys wishing they made that decision. Yeah. Considering the situation yeah. we're in right now. I mean, you, think mean about, you mean they made the decision to go early. They're going to wish that they'd done that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i not talking about at Virginia Tech necessarily. In but general. In general. I mean, they're not going to play football this fall. They might as well get paid yeah. to not play football, right? <laughs> Uh, so it's just very, very, very strange. I, I bet there's guys, all those guys that that, dis, that decided to stay at Clemson. Yeah, you know? Etn, right? Travis Etn, yeah, right. Um, um, because think about it: if the if the NFL draft is next spring, let's say college football is also next spring, and the NFL draft is right in the middle of college football season, what are you going to have? get three quarters of the way through the season, a guy gets drafted, and then he's like, oh, I just got drafted. I'm not playing the rest of the season, coach. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, gosh, so so a thought I've had is that let's say they do decide to play football in, in the spring instead of some abbreviated season in the in the fall or whatever. We've, we've joked about how hard, how much work that's going to be trying to fit in basketball and football, and, and you, you mentioned the draft being thrown in there. My guess is they delay the draft. I would think they would. Yeah. You would think. But the point I wanted to make is that that is going to be fascinating. If they move football to the college football, I'm not yeah. talking about pro football. If they move college football to the spring and they cram all that stuff together, it's going to be exhausting, but it's going to be it'll be something you've never seen before. It'll be really fascinating to see all the all the effects that it has on the entire football world. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, that'd be. I mean, obviously, that's a big like what if or what could happen down big the road. Unknown, obviously, yeah. we have no idea what's going to happen heck tomorrow. But uh, and I, I mean, I would li- personally, I would like it in the spring. I think it'd be kind of cool. You I have, think it'd be cool. You have basketball throughout the week, and then on the weekend, you got game day on Saturday. Man, and I wouldn't want to be a TV exec trying to figure all this out. But for me, the thought of a of a conference game only season that is eight weeks, and some some conferences play nine nine conference games. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe the NCAA or somebody, you know, again, who knows who's in charge here? Maybe they'll decide to play nine games, conference games only. Um, and in the case of the ACC, you could fold Notre Dame into that. You could take your regular eight games, and everybody could play Notre. I don't know. There's what all about kinds Army of stuff. And Navy, yeah, and BYU. Uh, so if you go nine games in the conferences that only have eight conference games, which is most of them, is, is it the Pac-12 that has nine? Uh, I think it's Big Twelve. Has Big nine. Twelve, yeah. So maybe one or two of them have have nine games. That gives the independents, the Power Five independents, an opportunity to fit in there in some way and fill some of those slots. So yeah, we'll see how it plays out. It could be yes, really interesting. It's not, not going to be. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be very, very strange. Like I don't, I don't know that. So are those independents that they're going to like play each other twice. Is Navy and Notre Dame going to do a home and home in one year? I mean, is that will that be the only way they can fit? So as as a total a sidebar to that, I was if, if anybody was watching the ACC network last night and they were watching the two thousand seven. ACC championship game between Virginia Tech and Boston College and Matt Ryan was playing for BC. They mentioned at one point during that broadcast that Virginia Tech, it was the first time they'd ever played the same team twice in one season, except for, I don't remember the year, they played William and Mary twice in one season. And and I was working and didn't quite catch what the announcer said, but it was something like, and they played them really close together, maybe even back to back. So, um, you know, that was probably way back in the 30s or something I'm like sure that. Was, you know? yeah. And he said, oh, by the way, Virginia Tech won both of them over William and Mary. You have like a three-game series for the Army-Navy. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. You have kind of like a playoff basketball format for the independents. Where do yeah. they usually play that game? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So they could move it around. Yeah. So you they know? can play one at Philadelphia, one at Navy, one at Army. Talk about something cool. That, yeah. I'm telling you, man, there, there's some neat stuff that's going to come out of this disaster, you know, if they do move football to this. I sport. want Virginia Tech to play Army, like in September. Like, if you look at their stadium, it's right on the banks of the oh, Hudson it's River. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah there, there's show. some very cool stadiums I'd like to go to. I don't see Tech ever going to Washington Stadium, but the Huskies, but I'd, I'd love to do that. It's really old, isn't it? It's really old. Well, just it's right off the water, right? Yeah, it's right yeah. on the lake. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also, if we're going back to the NFL kind of part, uh, Reggie Floyd got picked up as an undrafted free agent. You think there's anything there that could happen? I, I don't think Reggie just – I don't think he quite has the, the lateral quickness mm-hmm. to be an NFL player. Yeah. Uh, um, and it, it limited from being, from him limited him from being anything more than a solid college player, mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I just don't, don't think he'd be able to match up in coverage. But at least he's going to get a shot, and, yeah. and you never know. I mean, um, uh, you know, when Cam Chancellor came out, um, I thought Cam had weaknesses. I, I never Slow. knew, you know, and and he, sometimes he was playing out of position at Tech. And I was, oh yeah, those his best year at Tech was his sophomore season. That was the only year he played Rover. Was he Rover? Yeah. yeah. And then he moved yeah. him free safety, and he wasn't as good at free safety. Yeah. So so who knows? Maybe maybe they'll they'll find a place to put Reggie. Were there any other signings? Uh, Bryce Perkins went to the Rams. That's 
no tech, but I know Perkins went to the Rams, so I thought that was pretty Did interesting. Perkins get drafted or was No, that? he was no. picked up and undrafted. Wow, okay. Yeah. UVA well, that, only had Bryce Hall and uh, Joe Reed picked up, and I think they were within like three picks of each other. Yeah, yeah, Joe Reed's a good player, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a guy somebody could hopefully do something with. Yep. Can't speak for Bryce Hall, you know. Dalton Keene one-upped him the one time he had a shot at it. No, it was, it was Trey Turner and Dalton Keene in that game. Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. <laughs> we destroy their defense. Thank, thank you for the highlight film. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and so now moving away from the NFL, maybe the biggest blockbuster, obviously, for Tech football, besides the Dalton Keene news, is getting Justice Reed, the 6'3", 270-pound defensive end from Youngstown's, Youngstown State. And you're like, what the heck, he's from Youngstown State. Doesn't sound that great. Um, but watching his film, that dude can lay the hammer. Yeah, he's he's a big guy. Um, pretty good quickness, I think. He's tough. Mm-hmm. Obviously, anybody who would stick to college football for seven years is tough. Really I mean, wants to play. Really wants to play. Is a tough-minded yeah. individual. He was coached by Bo Pelini. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big Bo Pelini fan as far as like if he's Is that a, where Bo is now? Uh, he left after, he left after this past two years. Two, after two yeah. years. But he was at Young, Youngstown State? Yeah. Now he's yeah. head coach or defensive coordinator? Oh, he was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Wow, cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Reed played under him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And Reed left because Pelini left. He was going to stay for one more year if Pelini was there. And then really? he dipped out, so wow. he transferred. So he's, he's originally – he grew up in Florida, um, mm-hmm. three-star recruit, um – I don't remember where he was ranked nationally. Oh, um, once you get down to the three stars, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, there's a difference between. I would high- argue that once you get down to halfway through the four stars, it doesn't see, matter. See, there's a big difference between a high four star and a low four star. Oh, yeah. yeah, three stars, high, and, high four stars. David Wilson and Ryan Williams. Yeah, and and, and like the number thirty five player in the country. Yeah, exactly that, that kind of thing. Um, so he grew up in Florida. He f- signed with the Gators and was with them for a couple years. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't have his injury. Nick, do you have his injury history and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, so he was yeah. at Florida for uh, – he got his class of 2014. That's how old this kid is. Um, he redshirted his freshman year. He battled just off and on injuries sophomore year, and he ended up with like nine total tackles in a sack. He transferred to Youngstown State in 2016 after uh, Florida was like, yeah, you're not going to get that big of a time. Um, and then 2017 he had just five sacks, five and a half tackles. But he only played – seven games right so he didn't play that much because of injuries then he missed all of 2018 with a torn achilles um so he can kind of share that with like jeremy webb um and then his first fully healthy season 2019 he finished 43 tackles 19 for a loss and 12 and a half sacks 12 and a half sacks him and uh oh my gosh why can't I think of his name? Virginia Tech offensive line. Tyrell Smith. Tyrell Smith. So one of them is the old man on the team. We're not no, sure. No, they both, they both are. Well, they they're were both, both 24. 20, but, but one of them has a birthday before the oh, other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But they're both but, the class of 2014. Right, yeah. And Tyrell Smith, he went to prep school originally. Yeah. And then came to Virginia Tech, redshirted, then played, got hurt this past season. So he's gaining a sixth year. So that's six years plus that prep school year. So think about that. If there's no football this fall, let's say it gets played next spring. Then these guys were class of 2014. It'll be 25. S- still going to be playing college football in 2021. In 2021, seven years later after after they <sighs> graduated insane. from high school. There, there's, I mean, probably Hunter Carpenter's the only guy that played that much college yeah, football, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> And these guys are three years older than Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, that, sure. that's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Yeah, that's and nice. Tremaine will be starting his third year in the NFL yeah. this year. All right, so so uh, I watched 
reads film. Uh, um, I didn't watch it with an eye towards analyzing how he played. Uh, I do remember when he closes and he hits, he hits hard. Oh, he's yeah. a big guy. He's a big yeah. guy for sure. You know, um, 6'3", 270. He had four force fumbles. Yeah. Yeah, he hits hard, you know, and, and – and I think he's got – once he pursues, I think he's got good speed. I'm not sure how he is off the ball. That part of his film I don't remember. He's probably – as many years as he's been playing college football, he's probably got a lot of hand-fighting techniques yeah. down. He's really good with his hands. I don't know that he's particularly explosive off the ball. Did you Did you? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know about that. It's, it's hard to tell because we, we don't watch much FCS football. Yeah. Right? So you have to compare him to the offensive tackle. He's – going up against it so it's it's a really tough comparison I, I know this i don't think virginia tech has a defensive end on their roster right now that would have had 12 and a half sacks at the fcs level last year right so, so if that 12 and a half sacks equates to six sacks at, at the power about, five level right. we'll take good. it we'll take that in a heartbeat um i'm gonna read your notes right here uh he's a mature kid admits that when he was younger when he was being recruited out of high school it was all about the flashy and cool stuff a university could offer. But once he entered the transfer portal, he was looking for a school with a good winning mentality where he would feel the most comfortable, and that's why he chose Virginia Tech. So that, that's nice. the difference between a 24-year-old and a 17-year-old oh, yeah. as far as uh, college football recruits go. Yeah. Now, once you get well, – I mean, he's been in two different programs. He's learned what really matters. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh... – it's almost got a what's what's that? He that, doesn't need lazy rivers, right? What's what's that JUCO <laughs> show on course. Netflix? I forgot the name of it. Oh, uh, oh, the quarterback one. No, the oh, oh, I know the one you're talking about. Oh, no, man, last chance you. Last chance you. Yeah, he he's kind of got that mentality of of he's been around enough that he knows um, what's and some and some of those JUCOs, man. Uh, this is a different topic, but like their facilities aren't necessarily good. Like they, like they're big high schools. With better facilities in some junior yeah, colleges. particularly in Texas, yeah, mm. yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm excited and uh, reading about him. He seems like a good overall guy. He seems pretty humble. Uh, he just wants a chance to be good. I know he would have probably still got drafted if he stayed one more year at Youngstown State, but obviously coming to Tech, getting in Power Five, getting more publicity, mm-hmm. he obviously get better looks. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited about him and watching this. Film. Well, so so let let's repeat six three two seventy. At the yeah. very least, he should be able to hold the edge. Yeah, he's got the numbers. oh for sure. I mean, Virginia Tech they've wanted to get a little bit bigger yeah. on the defensive line. He'll provide that. You know, and we don't we don't know. Like people ask, you think he'll play left or right? I don't know that Tech will run left or right defensive yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know. They they could go back to the old stud. An end situation where, in which case he'd definitely be an end, right? Right, he'd yeah. probably be the short side defensive end, uh, in, on the boundary. So, but I don't know. We were we were maybe going to find that out this past spring, or yeah. this spring, but we could not. We shall see. We'll, we'll so we'll see. I will say he does bring a pretty impressive beard to the team. Yeah, he's yeah. got a good looking beard for him. Everybody else at Tex recruited can't even grow a beard yet. <laughs> he's, he's he's a grown man. Reminds me of yeah. Greg, Greg Oden when he played for. Ohio State looked like he was 40 40. years old. He was like 18 or 19 years old. All right. So, again, with the transfers, we're going to go down to basketball. Cordell Pemsel um, transferred from Iowa to the Hokies. He's 6'8", 6'9", and depends on what website you read. Uh, He's 248, so not small. I mean, he's a pretty big boy. Um, 
there's not much you could find on him online. His highlight film was only like a minute long for the past yeah, yeah. season. Basketball highlight film is yeah, generally not, it's not a layup. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's pretty good. Played 96 total games at Iowa. Averaged 5.9 points, 58% field goal, 4.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists. His Iowa coach said that he's got great explosiveness that he hadn't seen in a long time. And, uh, and he just wanted him to succeed. And so he was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for you transferring. I just want you to have a good senior year. Great explosiveness. That, that's yeah. interesting. Six, eight, really two, four, but basically what really that means quick. is, you know, he had those knee injuries early in his career. Mm-hmm. And so that limited his athleticism. And he this past probably early February, early to mid-February, kind of seemed like he was getting some of his athleticism back. And that's mm-hmm. when his coach made, made those comments. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's context. Yeah, that, so yeah. That, that's the context. He's saying, man, he hasn't been this explosive in a while. I think he's finally getting over those injuries. Mm-hmm. And, and I like the, uh, you know, the, uh, yeah, we'd all like to see 6'10", 6'11". 6'8", 6'9", is good. The 248 is really good. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's something that's, you know, Tech has signed, um, and yes, it's signed, not just got commitments from they've, they've signed a couple of. Uh, I'm, I'm having in this last Yeah, and. and Guessing. Guessing, the guessing. end is silent. Guessing. So David Guessing, is he 6'8"? He's 6'9", 195. 195. That's exactly. really different Gison. from 6'9", 240. Gison? Okay. Um, so I, I like the the weight in addition to the height mm-hmm. is what I'm driving at. Again, that's also being four or five years in a Power 5 program. A grown also man. having that. Yeah, so another grown man we're adding. Well, you know, the Mike Young actually said on his chat, on his online chat with John Laser last week, but you, you can't expect Virginia Tech to enter the transfer portal very often because it's like I've been talking about. So he actually about. said it, huh? He said okay. it. He said, well, you know, well, he didn't say this part, but I say this part. They run a system offense. You know, it takes years to learn that system. A one-year grad transfer isn't going to help you very much. Um, as far as Pimsel goes, I think it shows you know, that they wanted to add somebody else to the roster, but it's not like you can go out and find anybody this spring. There's no AAU events. You can't leave campus to recruit anyway. Right. So there wasn't the option, really, of, of adding, a high, of finding someone new. A guy you it, weren't already on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So th- this this is going to be, this is not, this is a special case. Like, I don't know if this was going to happen if the coronavirus hadn't Didn't happen. happen. I mean, yeah. I, but I, that's just speculation on my part. But he'll fill a role. Uh, I don't know if I see him as a starter. Uh but you know he he should be capable of uh of helping to mm-hmm. a certain extent um i, I if he he, play, he plays probably will play the four um the four man for mike young a lot of times in the past has been kind of a screening type mm-hmm. so that that seems like a good role for him okay yeah and and nick your notes say he plays with a lot of emotion and has great hustle that resembles zach leday that's when i was reading that i mean now where'd, like where'd you get height. that from Kind of say I, I. That's what I was when I was seeing him. I was like, okay, this kid's kind of like Zach. Obviously, Zach Lede, much more prolific and more well-rounded. Um, but he has the emotion and the like. He gets a big shot layup or something. He 
waves his arms around like Lede obviously yeah. had his crazy antics but um, he plays with a lot of motion and heart and he hustles really hard you know and, and guys like that regardless of how much they actually play and how much they actually contribute bring something to the team you mm-hmm. know and I go back to the Shane Henry example you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah sure Shane didn't play a whole lot but but I think he he really enjoyed his time here at Virginia Tech and and uh, you know hopefully Pimsel will feel the same way mm-hmm. what is he's got one year left is that right that's yeah. right yeah um, you know, if he can just add to the chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to what he's able to do on the court. Mm-hmm. He battled a ton of injuries also, mostly in high school, though. So he had one knee uh, – he had a knee surgery in college – one knee surgery in college. But uh, I think that's his oh, yeah, I mean, second or third surgery. Look, look at the – let's see. Knee surgery in December of 18. Yep. Before that, he tore his meniscus his junior year of high school and then underwent knee – Osteotomy. Osteotomy, which is the cutting of either the tibia or femur in Ugh. order to relieve pressure from his knee. That doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> I, I wouldn't enjoy that. No. no. Uh, I don't know if that's growing pains or that was part of the meniscus, but uh, so uh, yeah. What does that cutting mean? Were, were they actually shaving? They actually cut out a piece of bone. I actually looked that up. They have to Ugh. cut out a piece of bone to relieve pressure on the knee. So sounds sounds like. I have pressure on the knee, not shin. Mm-hmm. Okay, I won't go there. I won't say it sounds like really bad shin splits. I think it's worse than that. That'll, that'll light up Facebook and create emails if I say something <laughs> dumb like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't average a ton, but. Uh, he'll help. More height, yeah, and it'll help, uh, obviously, again, more maturity and more experience than yeah. bringing in uh, another freshman. So, yep. mm-hmm. uh, that'll be nice to have a kid who's playing at the. Uh, what you call it level the power, power five, five level, level yeah, yeah. In the big 10 which is not something to joke about um then after uh this past week was pretty dull with sport news except until uh, friday night they rebroadcast on facebook the six overtime football win versus north carolina uh with commentary from john laser and uh fuente it really just hit on the big plays didn't really i was expecting a whole like breakdown of the whole game then I realized how long that actually would have been yeah. right. it would have been yeah. forever so uh, I mean it was pretty good but uh, did you find anything interesting listening to Fuente and Laser so it was um, it wound up being an hour long and uh, um, and you can still access it on Hokie Sports yeah. Facebook so go to Hokie uh, go to Facebook dot com slash Hokie Sports and click the videos tab and it's still in there and it's about an hour long and and you're right. I without really thinking it through, I kind of naively expected it to be longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, uh, I thought there would be more consistent commentary throughout. Yeah. Um, there was one long stretch where they were just showing highlights, and and neither guy was talking. Um, and they glossed over pretty much the first half. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Let's move on. The last thirty minutes were the overtimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then they they did some of the second half stuff. And the overtimes, and I'm trying to remember, and, and Nick, having watched it, you might remember things I don't recall. Uh, I thought that uh, Fuente was not particularly forthcoming about the decision to change to Quincy Patterson. If I remember the game correctly, as, as a fan oh, watching They it, showed the play. Ryan Willis, Willis ate, <laughs> Ryan Willis ate a ball he really shouldn't have eaten or threw a pass he shouldn't have thrown. No, he should have eaten it. Yeah, and he did. Uh, there, there, there were two plays he on just, the on uh, to start the third quarter. One, he took a sack that was entirely unnecessary. He could have just thrown the ball away. Right, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> later on, it, 
they showed the video, but they didn't really talk about it. Right. So they implied that's why he got benched by showing the video of it, but they didn't actually put any comments. Point they didn't actually say anything. Right, right. So he scrambled to the right. Right in front of Tech's bench, so f- right in front of Fuente. So Fuente's got a clear view of it, and he starts to get sacked, and he just flips the ball over his head towards the sideline. And Fuente snapped. Oh, I think I, 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 gosh, that headset that he was using. It's amazing. It, it probably it still works, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Now, he said, I told Brad, Brad Cornelison, he said, I told Brad, you got to come up with something. I know you don't work. I mean, this is a third quarterback. We don't rep him that much during the week as far as the actual game plan. But you got to come up with something on the fly here because Willis because is he, out. He, Willis is out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh um, man! And then I thought Fuente said something like, uh, "We do a pretty good job of even getting our third guy some reps." Uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I think Fuente he's probably been at some other places when he was an offensive coordinator and seen how little how few reps third string quarterbacks get and he's probably thought man i might need a third string quarterback one day so whenever i'm a head coach i've got to find a way to get that guy a few more reps reps you still can't rep him very much at all no, because it takes no. away from the reps from first and second string quarterbacks and you can only practice so many hours a week but uh you know it's, it was a good thing he, they they did get him those what whatever reps they got him in practice and and so the other thing, one other thing I remember about the quarterback change is that, um, you know, we've all seen the 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 play where Hendon bent his, I think it was his left leg at a yeah, really bizarre angle, and and the yeah. screen cap of it is horrendous. But Fuente reiterated, and I'd forgotten about this, they actually hurt himself earlier. See, I thought it was the play before. Or you know, remember? All right, remember the no? Excuse me. They showed the weird angle on. The TV, mm-hmm. and then he stayed in the game for one more play, and then he came out. So I, I thought, uh, I I didn't know that it occurred earlier in the game. I think he was saying that it occurred earlier than that nasty. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. it was. It, it was the um, previous possession, and he tried to play through it. Yeah. I'd also forgotten. Fuente said Hooker was nervous to start the game. Like he he even asked him after the game, "Hey, were you nervous out there?" and he was for whatever reason. I guess, you know, it's it's one thing to that was his third career start. All right, it's one thing to beat Rhode Island in Lane Stadium, and his first career start was against Miami on the road. On the road, half field crowd, half half field stadium. But then Hooker is from Greensboro. He knew half those players for UNC. I mean, that's more of a rivalry for Tex players than for a lot of Tex players than UVA. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. More Tech players know more UNC players than they do UVA players. This is very true. Right. Um, so, uh, and that was the game where Mac Brown brought his team out before Inner Sandman because he wanted them to see it, right? Yeah. And and what's what's written between the lines is you'll never see anything like this in Keenan, you know, um, and in an atmosphere like this. And he wanted his players to see it. So. Fuente talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Talked about. Yeah. yeah. Fuente they, does not like North Carolina. No. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was before Mac Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think he has anything against Mac. Um, but, yeah, he, he hates those guys. Yeah, whatever went on there, that was forged back when uh, Larry Fedora was head coach. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I remember that I thought was really interesting was um, that the the very final sixth, and I don't know if we want to jump all the way to the, to the winning score, but the – 
Oh, Fuente did say that uh, he he when he said when they put in the rule where after three overtimes you have to just start going for two point conversions. Yeah. He said, I remember thinking, who's going to need that? You know, I mean, how often do you go but, past three overtimes? I mean, that that game gets played once a decade. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah. Right? And uh, but he said that uh, the play that uh, Cornelson called in the sixth overtime where Quincy just ran off the left side and, and scored the winning conversion. Um, uh, Fuente had to basically eat his headset. He, you could tell he didn't want to call that play, but he, he kept quiet and he said, "I'm really glad I kept my mouth shut." He said that was that was the best decision I made all game was was letting Not Brad call anything. whatever he wanted to call. <laughs> so, so all, all remember all the arguments on uh, on the message board after the rough start to this past season about how Fuente should take over play calling or take more control of the offense. Maybe he already had control. I mean, that's a situation where he basically said, I'd been telling Cornelson to a certain extent. Or he can overrule. Or I can overrule. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's, just, well, it's, it's so hard to tell. A thought I had listening to all that was that, you know, um, people, I, I, I felt like when you listen to Fuente talk about that game, you can see why he respects and, and supports Brad Cornelson because he basically – threw Quincy Patterson and Cornelson's lap and said, this is your problem. You fix it. You have to come up with something on the fly in the middle of the game. And he did. Yeah. And and then Cornelson made the game-winning play and and Fuente, you know, so I I think you can see in those two instances that Fuente does support Cornelson, Mm -hmm. that that he's not checking his watch, wondering when the next guy is going to come along. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I found interesting, that Cornelson kind of won the game for us. Um, And – I always like Cornelson a little bit, um, so hearing that was good, um, and uh, and I guess like you said, Fuente does have kind of a, the over controlling power, kind of like a presidential veto. Well, I mean, he's certainly the yeah. best offensive coordinator Tech has had this century. Yes, think about is. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, and I thought Leffler was was. I don't think there was anything wrong with Leffler. Uh, I think he got got put into a pretty tough situation there at the end of Beamer's tenure, but. Uh, Cornelson by well, far. If Tech could have just played Ohio State every game when Leffler was yeah. offensive uh, coordinator. Yeah, yeah, that's the game he got up for every year. Which I, segues into. <laughs> actually, segue. be- before we get into the Ohio State game, let's take a break and do the sponsor promo for the Fisher Law Firm, and I will take a break also. If you have received a DUI or other traffic-related offense, the road ahead can seem uncertain. Here at Fisher Law Firm, we have a team that is with you every step of the way. We have the experience that comes along with having defended more than 30,000 criminal and traffic cases statewide and the expertise to get the job done. Call anytime, day or evening, for your free consultation or a complimentary copy of my book. Don't forget to ask us about our free appeal guarantee. To learn how we can help solve your problem, check us out at FisherLegal.com. This is Jonathan Fisher, Class of 98. Let's go. Hokies. So once again, we appreciate uh, Jonathan Fisher sponsoring the uh, Tech Sideline podcast. And remember, Jonathan's got a deal going where if you do your estate planning with him, you will get a free TSL Pass subscription. I'll be upfront about that. The length of the subscription depends upon which services you utilize from Jonathan. So it could be anywhere from I don't know six months to a year. He's he's got that that figured out. So uh, let's see where is his info. Let me look it up. He is info at fisherlegal.com or 1-800-680-7031. Jonathan Fisher, Virginia Tech, class of 1998. Okay, so, Nick, Ohio State game. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember we traveled up to my dad's, one of my dad's best friends from uh, 
college up to his you guess we went down to North Carolina to watch it there uh, and I I was in seventh grade so it's still kind of I mean, kind of blurry vision but I do remember how awesome it was and I remembered like thinking in the game like dang we're like we're in control of this game yeah. and then I watched it yesterday and we really had control of that game so I guess there are any other thoughts that were reaffirmed and then also what emotions were you feeling near the end when you're watching it live so um I actually went to it. Uh, I got a buddy, Richie Davis in, in Radford, and, and Richie's pretty good about making sure I, I go on the road to places I should go. And I, I've missed things in the past. Like I, I did go to LSU in 2007, but I didn't go to Texas A&M in 2002, and I really should have done that. Um, so Richie and I went up to see that, and it was just – the atmosphere is everything they say it was, you mm-hmm. know, and something I'd forgotten about that was the, at the time, that was the largest crowd in mm-hmm. stadium history. And, uh, what I recall, not what I recall, but what I thought watching it was, um, you're, you're right. Virginia tech took charge of that game early. They, they made a few mistakes as far as penalties. Mm-hmm. And I think Brewer, Michael Brewer even threw an he interception threw a pick early yeah. on the but, first possession. You know, what Tech did was Tech was 7 of 10 on third down in the yeah. first half, and that included a third and 17. To Isaiah Ford. Yeah. Where, from where, deep in their own territory. Yeah. He threw from their end zone. Yes. Right. And did, did, they went down the field and scored on that drive. Yeah. Didn't they? No, no, we punted we, after We ended that. up punting, but it's a uh, field position. Yeah. Helped but, field but, position. but a really critical possession was yeah. Tech got the ball uh, – um, with about a minute left to go, a minute or a minute and a half left to go in the first half and holding a 14-7 yep. lead. And and that was a really nice drive downfield, and that was a uh, pass out to the flat to Sam Rogers. And he turned it up, and, and a uh, Ohio State defensive player met him, and Sam just shrugged him off, and that put him up 20, 21-7 at, uh, at halftime. But, but the thing that struck me watching the rebroadcast was how much NFL – future NFL talent was on the field. Ohio State team. Well, not just for Ohio State, for Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, Chris, didn't I hit you up and say – You did, uh, and I have those names. So listen to this list. All right. On offense, these players were either drafted in the NFL by the NFL or played – play in a regular season game as undrafted free, free agents. agents. Right. Now, not all the drafted players actually played. Uh, all right. Wyatt Tyler. Yep. Obviously – Starter in the NFL, Sam Rogers drafted, but never actually played I in an NFL Sam game. Was drafted, wow. uh, but Bucky Hodges drafted, never actually played in a game. Isaiah Ford drafted late, plays for the Dolphins. Um, Cam Phillips undrafted, but has played in, in NFL games and caught. Passes. And was tearing up the XFL. He was, and was tearing he's the greatest up the greatest wide receiver in XFL in the history. history. Yeah, 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 he absolutely is. Ryan Malik played in two regular season games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Was he and, drafted? No. Really? I thought Malik was drafted. Or if he was, it was late. But yeah. he played in two games, caught a pass for the Steelers. And he was a real weapon against Ohio State. He, oh, he, he was a lot. Yeah. Trey Edmonds. I, I remember seeing Edmonds on the sideline. He, well, he threw a key block. Uh, remember, he was he was getting over that broken leg that he had at yeah. the end of 2013. Yeah. I don't even know if he should have been playing at this point, obviously. But he threw a key block. Uh, Dion Newsom. Newsom. Jet sweep, right? Yeah, yeah. Jet, yeah. And uh, – Lawrence Gibson was drafted. Wow. Yeah. And all those guys were on Tech's team. Yeah. Man. Well, well, that's just the offense. Right. Yeah. That's just yeah. the offense. Um, and, oh, by stacked. the way, oh, by the way, the top two running backs were Shy McKenzie and uh, Marshawn Williams. Yes. You know, sure guys were. whose yeah. careers didn't end well. Well, yeah, injuries. Defensively, Kyshawn Jarrett. 
playing a lot for the Redskins before he had that neck injury that ended his career. Kendall Fuller, yep, who just signed a big contract w- with the Redskins. He was a true freshman. Yeah, yeah. he's a sophomore. No, he was a sophomore. Was he really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Remember, he only basically played two years at Tech because of that knee injury his yeah. third year, and then he declared for the draft. Yep. Um, Chuck Clark. Yep. He just signed a great deal with the Ravens. He did sign a great deal with the Ravens. Uh, Daddy Nicholas. Yep. Uh, Brandon Faison was not drafted. But but, he's still in the NFL. But he's still in the NFL. Wow. Um, So so those are the five uh, five guys uh, from defense. And also, Kenna Canem played played in that game. And he was as good a college player as you could probably be without without being an NFL. And Luther Maddy's on that list, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, And then Corey Marshall was playing in that That's game. That's correct, yeah. And there was a ton of talent on the field for Virginia Tech. Yeah. And and some of the comments on the message board that, threw, that drew criticism, but I agree with them, were how in the world did that team have such a bad season? That's the same Wake Forest season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, by, by the end of the season – you know, the film gets out on your strengths and weaknesses. And, like, Wake Forest's great strength was their defensive backs, right? Like how physical they were. And, you know, as good as Isaiah Ford and Cam Phillips were, and Bucky Hodges, they, they were freshmen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Virginia Tech started three freshman receivers that year, two of them true freshmen, and they were small, and at this point they were weak. Yeah. And Wake got up in their faces and – Challenged them and physically beat beat them up. And that remember, was a, that was a poor matchup. Do you remember that Brewer laid a bomb right in on Isaiah Ford, like inside the Ohio State ten yeah, yard line? He dropped it, and, and, and it was tight coverage. Oh yeah, but the Isaiah Ford two years later would have made what that would have would have caught it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I'm, I'm trying to think. It was the very next week that Tech lost to East Carolina at home, and they, they were down twenty one nothing. Twenty one nothing into the like first that. quarter. Right. Yeah. Right. And to be fair, Ohio State didn't make many plays. I, I thought J.T. Barrett ran the ball fairly well. He didn't throw it well. Uh, oh, that was the worst game of his career, easily. Yeah, their 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 offensive line was young, and that was the the Bud Foster Bear defense mm-hmm. game where he had a great game plan. And and so my question for you is, I don't think that's the greatest win in the history of Virginia Tech football because you know certainly uh, the '95 Sugar Bowl and, and other wins resonate more even though that was fantastic it might have been the most surprising is it yes. the most impressive win i mean that team went on to win the national championship right. I uh, yeah i would say it's the most impressive i would i mean yes that beating ohio state you don't beat ohio state these days mm-hmm. where they lose one game a year maybe it, it takes alabama or clemson or somebody like that to beat ohio I, state. I, and for the record ohio state was ranked eighth in the country right and, and then they 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 lost that and right. still made their way. To and by the end of the year, they were smoking people, man. I, I came away thinking that was a great coaching job by Urban Meyer that year, right? Because they, I remember the Ohio State fans after the game were like, "Man, what's up with that offensive line?" Right. Well, that offensive line is going to help you win a national championship. Yeah. You know, three Crazy. months later. Crazy yeah. to think about, isn't it? Um, so it's, yeah, I would agree it's most impressive. Um, it's not the biggest or the best. Because, you know, it was in a vacuum, right? Yeah. They didn't 
It ended up they, sa- it ended up saving the ball streak. Tech won six and six that year. If, yeah. they, if they, they the ball streak would have ended if Tech hadn't beaten the eventual national champions, right? <laughs> Crazy to think about. In, uh, in terms of playing above your head, yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely the most impressive. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure I've ever seen a game like that from Virginia it, Tech. But as as far as biggest, most important, it's not on the list because Tech didn't do anything with it. It's like the 2003 Miami game, right? Well, you know, Tech lost. Five out of six, four out of five, something like that. After that Miami game that year, yep. And you know they went on to have a seven and six season if you include the ball win after uh, after beating Ohio State. So, and at that point it was the end of Beamer's career. You, you knew either the next the next year or the year after was going to be his last year, right? So it's not like you could capitalize on it from a recruiting standpoint. Basically, what that game turned out to be was a nice late career moment in time for Frank Beamer. Yeah. That's what uh, that's what that game meant. And a game that's a lot of fun to talk about. Right. You right. know, because you, you go back and I remember just watching it last night just going, Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and I, I remember the the plate on the sideline where Brewer ran out and he flipped it. To I just caught it on the sideline with like three guys all around. You him. know, there's a there's a one story Brewer got clobbered in that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how he survived it. And uh, they were out to get him. They knew if they put him out, they were they were going to win the game probably. Yeah. Um. So they, they he took one hit one time by like two of them at the same time, two mm-hmm. Ohio State defensive players at once. And he's on the ground, and he hears them saying, oh, we finally got him. We finally put him out. And he said when he heard that, he had to get up. Had to and he get got up. up and finished the game. Yeah. I've heard at the end of that game – you know, once the the emotion wears off, the adrenaline wears off, after the game, he couldn't even carry his own bag back to the team bus like Lester Carlin had to do it for him. He was so beat up. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what happened the next year. We had the 17-14 lead. Oh, right. and then So that that game, I mean, you, yeah. t- you talk about the pick against Georgia Tech two weeks later, the loss the next week against East Carolina. Um, Tech beat Ohio State, but it broke Brewer. For most of that season, yeah. that 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 game was such, such so physically taxing on him because he's not a big guy at all. He's he was listed as six foot two hundred, around five eleven, one ninety, one ninety five, probably something like that. So not a big guy, and he was those Ohio State dudes were huge, and they were just blasting him. Yeah, and that broke him for half the season probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it came it came at a price, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. that that that. I, that probably was a better team than than six and six, but Ohio State broke the starting quarterback, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and they did the same thing the next year. Yeah, they literally knocked him out. Right. On that one. Yeah, broke his collarbone. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and that that just you know when you think of tough quarterbacks, you know Jim Druckenmiller's tough in a different way. He was a big, huge guy. Al Clark was tough because he just played through always injuries. played through injury and. and um, you know, Logan Michael Thomas was tough because he was a human battering ram. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's different kinds of tough, and he's, yeah. he's a different kind of tough because, yeah, if you and I were in the same room with him, you, you wouldn't say, yeah. you wouldn't point at him and say, he's a Division one quarterback Starting and these other two guys aren't. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of respect I, for Michael. I don't Clark. know how he got up from some of that stuff he got up from that, that Ohio State game in particular. I mean, yeah. All right. It was fun. I mean, it really was fun. Um, one more fun bit we were talking about when you left the room. 
UVA got some new logos, <laughs> and there is a lot of controversy from both schools about it. And I, I've heard a lot of good things from Virginia Tech fans that actually like the new logos. Oh, I actually thought it looked pretty cool, to be honest. And then the UVA, well, the UVA fans are absolutely destroying it. Right. So, so one of the things that, uh, um, you know, most people know this, that Sports War is the parent company of Tech Sideline. It's also the parent company of the Sabre. Mm. So when we log into the, and the message boards are all hosted on the same system, kind of like Rivals and 247 and all that. So when we log into the back end, uh, one of the things that gets shown on the, uh, the back end of the message boards, one of the things that's shown in the admin suite is number of posts in the last two hours. And for Tech Sideline, that's and, and that's across all boards. For Tech Sideline, we're running 150 to 200 posts every two hours. I log in to the, the, the admin system, not knowing anything was going on, and there's like 800 posts on the Sabre in the last two hours. And you're like, well, okay, what <laughs> happened like, in UVA right, What's going on with UVA? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and Carla, Carla Williams is, is, I think she's an outstanding athletic director, but oh, man. She um, got it hard for this she, one. She got oh. raked over the coals for that one. And I was just reading the comments on the Twitter video that they released for it. Yes. And they were just hilarious. I mean, you could just scroll it for hours. The whole, the whole, the whole changing of logos, and I go back to when Virginia Tech changed their university logo. If you have to make a huge presentation explaining why you did, <laughs> did <laughs> you that, probably shouldn't, you have, probably done shouldn't have done it. <laughs> uh, all what what you need to do if you change a logo is here's the new logo. We did it because we think it looks better. If you have to do any more than that, we were bored. <laughs> right, right. If you have to do any more than that, then you shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you remember what year we did the new Tech Sideline logo, the one we use now? Was that like 2014? It was about there? 2014. Yeah, about. You know, yeah. It was. Uh, it was not met with the with the disgust <laughs> that these were. Met no, with. no. Well, good God, how long did it take us to come up with it? Well, well, I'm know, sure it came up. It took them a long time and cost a lot of money and things like that. Well, um, we, we worked with uh, Kevin Jones had just started his design firm and uh, they were called uh, uh, oh, Void, Void Design House at the time. They're called Joba now. And so, you know, we were one of Kevin's first jobs, you know, and, and I remember going through the process with Kevin. It took a while and it cost some money yeah, because, yeah. you know, that, that, that dude's got does. some talent and he's, he's also got the pieces of paper from Virginia Tech that say he's got the education. And... Uh, you know, when we when we rolled our logo out, it was well received. There were some some people got hung up on the something about the C and the H. I'm not sure what you know, oh. and but the 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 negative feedback was very mild compared to well, Virginia Tech's not, not, not school to, logo not, and not, these. Not to be fair, I mean this is a cool logo. I think our old logo wasn't. Well, we didn't really have much. an old. We didn't really have a logo. Well, I mean, it was, it was the, just the TSL. Written out in it some was, well, and the, there was a TSL thing but but it wasn't there was it wasn't the it wasn't the brand of the side it wasn't like it was like a that. beloved brand that we were no, replacing no, it was nothing uh now the thing is like i like virginia tech's vt logo i i think uva's cro- regular cross sabers logo was pretty cool i mean w- when i played for chatham high school we were the chatham cavaliers and we had a c with the cross sabers underneath underneath the helmet i mean i think it's a cool look if done right with the right colors and everything like that, and, and I believe one of the one of the Liberty High schools, uh, I don't know if it's Bethel or, or Liberty Bethel, oh, or the a ton other. of high schools do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they had they're the Minutemen and mm-hmm. they had two crossed rifles, rifles, you know. So right. so that that logo, and by the way, that UVA logo was, uh, if I remember my UVA lore correctly, that logo was uh, created by Matt Welsh, George Welsh's son. You're kidding. 
You didn't know that. I don't think I knew that. Matt Welsh used to work for Sports War. Yeah. Um, I remember. And, and that that was, boy, that was a great design. You know, the, the, the concept and the execution was yeah. outstanding. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a good, it's a good design. So, I mean, when, when you change something, you better make sure you get get it right. If you change something that's already good, you yeah. better make sure you make it better. Yeah. So, obviously, this has to go through multiple adults, right? So, the designers, multiple people at UVA had to see it and say, yeah, we think this is the right way to go. And then Carla Williams ultimately has to approve it. I assume you show it to Tony Bennett. You show it to Bronco Mendenhall. And they're like, I can work with this. I can work with that. But I, but if either one of them had stunk up a fuss about it, particularly Tony Bennett, if Tony Bennett had been like, no, I'm not doing this, they wouldn't have been, <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to do it, right? <laughs> um, maybe not so much Coaches Bronco. don't care about that stuff. They, they, don't, they don't care as much about that stuff, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but, but the point being is that none of those people really had their pulse on the UVA fan base. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just know that, yes, the Pontiac Aztec did get designed and put on the market. These things happen. Every now and then I still see one. And I'm like, <laughs> what were they thinking? Yeah. Oh, man. So it, it, it's a it's a difficult discussion to have because it's it's an audio podcast and our TV is out. And I don't know if Malcolm's putting the logos into the live feed or anything like that. Just look it up and it'll come up. <laughs> yeah. You got the um, hat and the sabers and then the guy i guess leaning over yeah it's, it's the uh, oh that. yeah yeah that, that was the that was the best meme i saw was the guy from the uva notre dame game the student that was leaning over the wall with his head down mm-hmm. and somebody somebody photoshopped the new logo onto that and it was just perfect that that was that was nick you talked about when they when the when they rolled the logos out on their official twitter feed just the comments oh that was hilarious right people badmouth twitter twitter's hysterical okay, it's yeah, hysterical it is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's entertaining. It it's is. A, uh, I, I rarely find Twitter to be anything in between. Like either, it's either great or awful. Yeah, there is no yeah. in between. There's, no, there's right. not. There's not like I don't r- scroll through there and have a ho hum experience on Twitter. <laughs> where I'm like, God, this is the stupidest stuff I've ever read. Or, oh, <laughs> or, you're, or you're laughing like crazy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I, I guess that's the biggest controversy of the week for uh, both. Um, I, I don't know. They showed some of their old jer- their newer jerseys, and we didn't even talk about the font. And someone put up the font right next to our old font. That's so. That's yeah. So UVA's new font is is it's it like a, a squeezed? Copy. Is it a squeezed version of the tech font? There's a or few letters that are different. I remember one time they came out on the field to enter Sandman. <laughs> and everybody made fun of them. Yeah, like, how, how could you possibly do so that? So it's that old thing of, hey, man, can I can I use your paper for my paper? It's like, yeah, just change it change up it so it doesn't look exactly right, the same, right? right. right. <laughs> I remember when JMU did something with their bridge on their campus, and it looks like the Torgerson Bridge also, and someone said that. But, yeah, I mean, UVA's, it, they're just sometimes really easy to make fun of, but it <laughs> is what it, themselves. it is. What it is. Uh, I personally – kind of think the logos are pretty cool i don't think they're i think they're fine Uh, now i don't know if i if i was a uva fan i wouldn't want to change right yeah but as an outsider and it's not like they changed their main logo i'll I'll, I'll put i'll put it this way right right i'll put it this way if i was starting a football program from scratch and somebody came to me with that and i was like that's pretty cool yeah yeah Yeah. all right so so i'm rustling my papers here i apologize to people who are listening and um I've got a, the, are we going NFL draft Yeah, we next? need to go back to the draft stuff because right. 
Ox VT came out with some uh, some good info. Now this is interesting, and and this is for you uh, for you Texas recruits. Let's see if we can name all of them. <laughs> yeah, Robert, all of you that Robert, are watching, <laughs> Robert Wooten, Alec Bryant, Demetrius Davis, Latrell Neville. And, and anyone else who's thinking about and coming on board. Millions of others that Virginia yes. Tech is recruiting right now. So Ox researched it, and the Houston area dra- 2020 NFL draft picks, the Houston area 2020 NFL draft picks, there were, let me let me count them, one, two, three, four, ten. five, six. There were 10 guys drafted from the Houston area, anywhere from 17th overall to number 184. And actually, nine of them are between 17th overall and 72nd. Mm-hmm. And 72nd is... That's third round. Yes. Well, yeah. That's early, mid-third round. Early, so, very early. So that's, that's nine guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, because there are, 60, there are 32 teams, right? 32 picks per round? Thereabouts. Uh, at some yeah, point, so that's you get some compensatory... Yeah. Uh, compensation. Compensa- 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 I can't compensatory word. picks. Compensatory. That's how Keen was 101, but also in the third round still. Right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, um, so Ox broke it down by area code around Houston, mm-hmm. all right? And the the two eight one area code is shared by uh, Robert Wooten, Alec Bryant, and Latrell Neville. Two eight one, and there were one, two, three, four, five guys drafted from that area code. Uh-huh. Um, Demetrius Davis is from the eight three two area code, and there were one, two, two, two guys drafted. But they were seventeenth and twentieth overall. Overall, uh huh. Now the the coup de gras. Is out of these ten guys, how many of them played for Texas or, or Texas A and M or Texas A and M? Yeah, what would your guess be? If, if I was just going to guess, I would say probably three or four. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would probably guess. Yeah. yeah, but the real answer is zero. Zero. None of those guys actually I, went to Texas or Texas. A&M. I'm not going to read every player's name because I can't read my own handwriting, but I can read the school name. So, so these ten players went to. In order of which they were drafted: Oklahoma, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, TCU, LSU, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Houston, Baylor. Minnesota. Who was that? That was Antoine Winfield Jr. Do you remember Antoine Winfield Sr.? Uh-uh. He was a defensive back for Ohio State mm-hmm. back when I was a kid. Wow. Yep. So he went from. Uh, and I'm curious if he transferred to Minnesota or if that's where I he started. I don't, I don't expect sure. you to know yeah. that or research that. It's just it's the question that comes to mind. So that was interesting. And let's see. So Ox also put a chart out on his Twitter feed, and he is OX underscore VT on Twitter. Um, Hokies in the NFL draft during the 27-year bowl streak. So he's got it broken out by team. And he also had it broken out by position. Who wound up with that printout? I don't have that. Oh, I don't have it. Uh, I may have to get up here and go look for it. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of DBs. We know that. Yeah, we won't. We won't drill down into the per team too much. But the leading teams are, like, if you had to guess, which teams would you say have drafted the most Hokies? I mean, I, I would say Redskins. Yeah, That's Redskins. definitely in the top. Or Buffalo. But there's two other. That are actually more. Buffalo yeah. has drafted six Hokies, and Atlanta has drafted six Hokies. Yep. And so you, you can – I wonder how many I can name for Atlanta. Vic, D'Angelo Hall, Kevin McAdam, Jimmy Williams, right? Jimmy Williams. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the other two. Uh, uh, Matt Lair, I, I think. Uh, that rings – or Dave Cadella. Uh, he didn't get drafted. Okay. Um, Buffalo, six guys, Bruce Smith. 
Oh, no, no. This is 27-year Ball Street. Oh, you're right. During the Ball oh. Street. Correct. So, uh, um, Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Teller. Wyatt Teller. Mm-hmm. Did they, they didn't draft Cam Phillips, the free agent. So yeah. I uh, think. Was Logan B- drafted? <sighs> yes. Mm. I think they drafted But Logan. no, 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 no. He got drafted by Arizona originally. Yeah, yeah, like right. Billy Connolly back in the day. Yeah. And it's not just that. It's that Tyrod Taylor also played there. Well, he drafted. Uh, he got... No, 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 no. He got Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, 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 so guys, guys, a lot of guys go through there. Uh, Cleveland's drafted five. Minnesota's drafted five. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's drafted five. That includes Jim Druckenmiller. Washington's drafted five. Uh, Kendall Fuller. Probably. So who's the only team that hasn't drafted anybody? And they're just one team that hasn't drafted a Tech player? In I, th- I think it's Evan team. Hughes' team, right? Yeah, the Jets. Jets. Maybe Jets, that's why Jets, they stink. Jets. <laughs> they, Sorry, they start drafting. Now they did. Um, Vaughn Hebron. Uh, I, I don't remember Vaughn Hebron was a – no, that's the Eagles. He was with the Eagles. So I take that yes, back. Sorry about Kenny, – Kenny Lewis Sr., I believe, played for – I believe he did play for the Jets back in the 70s. Vic had yeah. one year stint with them, I think, and when his <laughs> final, <laughs> when he played with for everybody yeah. in the league. Yeah. yeah, as he was doing his tour around the league at the end of his career. So they uh, – when they, they Everybody during, plays for the Jets when they shouldn't be playing anymore. <laughs> Malcolm, how many minutes are we in here? Wow. <laughs> okay, we should take questions like right now. That's um, what welcome. Yeah, so so uh, ask a question, and I'm going to look for that printout of uh, draftees by position. All right, let me adjust my microphone. All right. Uh, Leo Monroe asks, is there any way for coaches to train with masks on or with players in groups of 10 or less during quarantine? Or if not, how are they staying in shape? Well, I mean, I, I mean, you can. Uh, it would be frowned upon, clearly. You mm-hmm. better not film your workout and put it on social media, I would say. Um, it, you would get shamed big time, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh uh, yeah, I think they're they're doing everything by Zoom right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, most of them aren't here. Some are. Um, I mean, I bet every strength and conditioning coach in the country is coming up with creative routines. And some of it comes down to what players have access to. Some players do have access to home gyms. Some don't. Some are like me, and they're doing pull-ups off tree limbs. Um, so, so this is going to be the same for everybody, though. Yeah, you know, and, and if they could go back and, and start this process over again, knowing how long it's going to last, I wonder if they would ship equipment to some of the players. <laughs> uh, that's um, probably that's illegal. Probably. Yeah. I don't, the I don't the know. NCAA would make it illegal. <laughs> okay. They, so, they would pass a rule. All right, so Virginia Tech did that video, put together that video of all their players working out mm-hmm. at home, right? They thought it would be cool to show how hard their players are working when they're away. And they put out the video, and then the NCAA came out and said, oh, uh, new rule, you can't do that anymore. So, yes, I guarantee you if the NCAA found out schools were doing that, they, they would uh, – But if Ohio State was doing it, they'd oh, say, oh, what they, a neat well, idea. They, they would wait until Ohio State already shipped their equipment, and then they would pass the rule. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So I don't know that we really answered your question, Leo. But, uh, but I mean, <clears throat> this is why – this is this situation is – very, it's very important that you recruit self-motivated players, mm-hmm. guys that want to work out 
and embrace situations like this. Yeah, like you heard me talking earlier, I've I've lost some muscle. I haven't been self motivated so right. far. You know, right. I'm, I'm I'm the guy that likes to go to the gym. Right. You know, whereas Chris has been finding a way to make it even happen. even me, man. I, I've got to have a personal trainer there yeah. for outdoors stuff. I mean, well, the weather stinks. Yeah, I was I was actually constantly. gonna do it yesterday, but the wind was blowing forty miles an hour and it was cold all day. I think the wind's been blowing for six weeks straight. Now. Yeah, yep, very annoying. All right, thanks for the question, Leo. Uh, Clark Rulin says Vic played for the Jets. I don't know. He did. We said that, right? Yeah. Oh, we did. But he didn't okay. get drafted by. No, we're, we're talking about being drafted. Yeah. Okay. And I could not find the printout from Ox, but trust me, it's like twenty-eight DBs drafted out of Virginia Tech, and the next highest position is like fourteen. Yeah, I think it's which is probably tight ends. I think. Keen was our fourth. Yeah, I think Keen's the highest drafted Virginia Tech title. By the yeah, way, the thing was... we forgot to mention about Keen, and I read this and I have not fact checked it. Apparently, Bill Belichick has never traded away a future draft pick. I have no idea. And he did to get Dalton Keen. How about that? What? That, I, wow. I trust Bill Belichick in utilizing his players. Oh, he's yeah. Generally, a pretty good talent now. <laughs> he does pretty good. All right, what, what else you got, Malcolm? Um, Alan Potts asks logistically, how many sports can you really play in the spring? Yeah. How many can you cram? That, that's a great question, and I wish I had the answer to that. Um, how many support staff can you? Uh, mm. you got, do, do you ACC have network cross? strains, you got, right? Soccer. I mean, not soccer fall. Wow. Yeah. I mean, from logistically, that's a great question. Well, it's really a question for an article. It's not, a question not, for an athletic director. Not to be answered at the end of an already eighty-minute podcast, right? But so so. Hmm. Hmm. That that's a really good question, and and you oh. you talk about the support personnel and the ACC <coughs> network broadcast you have to put together. Yeah. Sorry. Or my. I know it's frowned upon to cough these days, but my allergies are acting up <laughs> this weekend. I'm gonna catch hell at Kroger when I go later today. But, but uh, you were getting ready to say something. Yeah, I was. Uh, maybe that can be a Q and A question for this week. Maybe I can do some research this week and see and ask some people who I feel like would would know yeah yeah um but yeah that's a really good question you know tom gabbard would be a good one to ask about that because he's heavily involved in game day operations yeah wow yeah um that is a really cool question i mean you get to the point where you cram everything i mean what if you're playing a men's basketball game a football game a softball game and a lacrosse game all on the same day. Or now, for, for the for the spring football game, we've seen them play softball and baseball at home. Yeah, sometimes on the same day as yeah. the spring game. Sure, uh, but a spring game's not as big as a as a. Mm-hmm. As a it's not televised right. most of the time. It's it's there's thirty to forty thousand people there instead of sixty. So, who, who asked that question again, Malcolm? Something pots. Alan That's Potts. a great question. So, uh, Alan, uh, excuse me, Whit Babcock, Alan Potts has a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, one more, Malcolm. All right, we'll do one more. Leo actually had one again I wanted y'all's opinion on. Is our bowl streak technically broken? <laughs> no more technical than Florida State's was until, right. they, until they finally yeah, actually, until they finally actually lost it. Yeah. Um, no. I would no. say no. If you don't it has play an a asterisk seat. next to it. Well, remember uh, – the Braves won 14 straight division championships, but they didn't finish the 94 season. Right. right. That's not their fault. So I would say no. Yeah. It counts. It's going to count whenever it happens. You know, yeah, I believe the way it's phrased is they've gone to something like 27 straight bowls. They didn't say they've gone to bowls in 27 straight years. 
Yeah. <laughs> we can we can take one more. Actually, we should throw in the one from Evan Hughes. Will Keen end up hurting my Jets in the long run? <laughs> I don't get it. How 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 can how can? Oh, oh they're in the same division. Yeah, yeah. Oh, about to wreck it. of course, oh, man. Well, maybe maybe the Jets should actually draft some Virginia Tech players to combat that, Evan. Well, it it it, it gets back to that thing about I could never fully enjoy Bruce Smith's NFL career because he was always. Whipping the Dolphins, always helping <laughs> to keep the Dolphins from making another Super Bowl and and winning another AFC Championship, and 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 then Keen goes to I hadn't even thought about that angle yet. Now here's the interesting one: Trevon Hill got picked up undraft free agent by the Patriots. By also. the Patriots. And speaking of other news, how about Wake Forest? Firing Danny Manning. Oh, April yeah. 25th. On April 25th. Yeah. And not announcing it because no. that's just a bad look during the coronavirus. Oh, wait a minute. So, never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, so, I'll was just... that the, so, was there some kind of con- contractual thing there where they owe him less after a buyout than after April 24th or something like that? That, that mm. doesn't make any sense. I haven't had a chance to read I haven't had a chance to read about it. Otherwise, I mean, this is like firing Seth Greenberg. It's the same time frame, except you fire him during the coronavirus when nobody, you can't even go anywhere to, you can't actually sit down with a coach face to face. You can have a Zoom conversation. I get it. You, there's a lot of things you can do with Zoom. Now, this is but, the kind of thing I would expect from Ron Wellman, but he's not their athletic director anymore, right? No, he's not. <laughs> Poor Isaiah Wilkins gets left out the dry now. He doesn't have a coach now. That's That's odd. That, wow. That's just the whole thing is just strange. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I wonder if I wonder if the buyout dropped on somewhere around that date. Right. Ugh. That that's the kind of thing an agent would structure that the buyout drops three or four weeks after the season's over. Go ahead, fire me. Right. <laughs> you know, and they did it. Yeah. So. All right, I think we can wrap that one up. Yep. So, Nick, what did you think of your debut? It's, it's pretty good. Hey, you know what? We haven't – one thing we didn't talk about is um, what are you going to do if classes are online this fall? Have you decided or – I'm going to try it. To do it, I'll stay online, uh, do it online classes. Uh, I know you're – you want to – Not not a big fan not, of that. Not that. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it would be a big old mess if I – I'll give you something to do. Yeah. Because yeah, right now, I mean – I know we're supposed to be doing classwork, but I know Annalise isn't yeah. doing classwork. Right. Our seniors are really not doing classwork. Mostly because we're all mad that our senior year got cut short. So we're all like, well, we don't want to do anything school related because it sucks. Uh, yeah. So, and it, I'm, I'm pretty bored without doing stuff. Um, so I, I think it'd be good to do that. Uh, for me, I guess that's my own opinion, but, uh, I don't know. Of course, Obviously, still has to get canceled for me to really make that decision. And it depends on what the specifics are. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to know until June. Is yeah, probably the way yeah, yeah I think I think mid June is the rumor. Yeah, yeah. so um, and then Sands came out yesterday. No, uh, I it's it's interesting, and this goes back to whether the season gets played and things being different at different schools and everything like that. I ran into somebody in Kroger the other day who I know, and. Uh, who I forget if it was somebody who's related to or someone he knows, but she runs track at Columbia. Columbia's in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. And I, New York has basically told Columbia, look, if this thing drags on, we might need your dorms this fall for 
healthcare workers that we import from out of town because we have so many cases and things like that. So that shuts Columbia down right there, possibly, right? So that, that's not something that Blacksburg would have to would, would deal with. But right. it is saying, like, if Columbia and Virginia Tech were in the same conference, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be things like that that, that, that make this decision that, it, that it, we're not even thinking about. It's one thing to say, hey, everybody, move your uh, football season to the spring. And I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Not every university has control of its football stadium. That's, that's true. And there may be other things yeah, scheduled. Miami, for one example. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. There's two in the ACC right there. Right, right. Um, I mean, I mean, it's just a lot of complicated matters. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, appreciate it, folks. That was episode one twenty six. Is that right? That's correct. Nick, thanks for filling in, and uh, you know we'll uh, probably have you do some more. Um, you know, as more news comes out and we got more stuff to talk about, that this is going to get, I think it's going to get really interesting here in at least a month and a half, as soon as a month and a half from now, maybe, you know, maybe soon. And NCAA. Yep. And yeah. tech itself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So thanks again to Jonathan Fisher of the Fisher Law Firm for uh, sponsoring. And thanks for watching and listening. And we'll see you next time.